is the sacrifice worth the reward? And most of us are setting the wrong goals. So normally that's no. So we give up. And um, it's quite easy to get bogged down in busy work rather than work that's going to lead you to the mission or the purpose or the why. And um, the only way we free up time to actually do that is to say no to the things that are not really going to be serving the main purpose. Because what it really, really comes down to at the end of the day is one thing. Do you want it enough? If you don't feel like you're moving forward in your life right now, the quickest way to ascertain whether you're going to be moving forward within the next six months or not is to look who you're around. And um, Jim Rowan, my old deceased mentor, he said it, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Welcome to episode 83 of American Real. Today we bring you an AR online feature with author, speaker, and recovery coach Tim Cooper. Tim is the host of the Tim Cooper Academy podcast where he broadcasts from Kensington, United Kingdom. In our conversation, Tim brings an episode full of insightful information, taking us on his journey of darkness and light, starting with his breakthrough moment after giving away his last 300 British pounds to charity. So sit back and relax as I welcome the one and the only Tim Cooper. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Tim Cooper, author, speaker, and a specialist in life recovering coaching. Your book, The Art of Unlearning, teaches that no matter what kind of hole you are in, or no matter how bleak the future looks, you can get out and find a life worth living. Your podcast is the Tim Cooper Academy Podcast, and your YouTube show is The Art of Unlearning. You've been featured in the London Metro, The Guardian, Daily Mail, and Women's Health Magazine. Tim, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Roger. Really excited about um, having a chat today. So thank thank you for uh, welcoming, on, welcoming me onto this podcast. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, have a chat with you and share some knowledge, I suppose, and a little bit about my story with your audience. So yeah, excited. Likewise. No, and it's great to connect. I just, I love the fact that it's just so easy today to connect with people all over the world. And you're an example of that. I started following you, you know, a short time ago, and I, I was really inspired by your videos and your content on Instagram and said, I just really would like to, to, to meet you 
and get to know a little bit more about you and, and talk about your story, as you mentioned, so we could share that with our guests. And um, that being said, I, um, I, I, was, I was looking at your Instagram this week and it was eerie because you had posted something that I had posted and <laughs> totally coincidence, which actually I don't believe is a coincidence, but yeah, yeah. you said, take back your time and learn to say no. You say no is one of the most empowering words. And I love that. And I'd love if you could just explain why. Well, I think um, certainly most of us nowadays um, can get caught up in the noise. There's a lot of information going on. There's a lot of events that we can go to, a lot of networking. And um, I I think especially from a business perspective, um, we need to really start to look at what is really going to be a game changer for us. What can move the needle as such? And um, it's quite easy to get bogged down in busy work rather than work that's going to lead you to the mission or the purpose or the why. And um, the only way we free up time to actually do that is to say no to the things that are not really going to be serving the main purpose. But, you know, so, um, I was doing a workshop at the weekend and um, there was a young guy there and he, um, he abbreviated, um, it, was, it was the fear of missing out. And I'm not sure, I'm not going to say what it is in case I mess it up, but he was basically saying um, he used to really fear missing out on certain events, um, certain scenarios or environments that he used to, used to want to go in all the time. And um, I said to him, well, at what cost? You know, at what cost are you saying yes to absolutely everything? And look, I'm, as you know, I'm a coach and I love helping people. It's what I do. And it's tough when you have to say no, but you have to say no for the right reasons because then you take back control. And um, in order for me to make sure that I can reach the biggest audience that I can, I need to make sure that I'm putting my eggs in the right basket in order for me to get the most attention so I can then uh, monetize my business and then share my message even further. Uh, And I just think some of us say yes to absolutely everything so yeah taking back the power roger saying no is uh yeah one of the most empowering words no i love that and um i'd like to ask you a question off of that because i I agree with that person but i also feel there's probably a second thing that a lot of people go through myself included and that's guilt guilt of not showing up because of the pressure of family or the pressure of your peers would you agree that 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 could be a second contributor to people saying yes Yes, certainly. I mean, there's, um, that comes with the, the judgment tag, right? It comes with um, um, being, peer, like you say, peer pressure, uh, pressure from friends and family. And um, ultimately, it's when you actually raise that level, that conscious level of self-awareness, decisions like that become a lot easier. Yeah. And, it's, and, and I've literally about to post a video right before um, this podcast. And um, it was about saying what you do rather than just saying and not doing. And I think you need to raise the conscious level of self-awareness in order for you to feel comfortable with not being guilty, in order for you to feel comfortable with not being judged. And um, one of my, I probably say my skills or my assets, I'd say as a person is, I just know exactly who I am. I know I've got plenty of flaws. I know I've learned a lot of lessons and I'm going to learn a lot more along the way. 
but I welcome them, welcome them, sorry, moving forward. And I think it just gives me that great self um, acknowledgement, let's say, of when I enter a situation, a scenario, an environment, I can take back control so easy. And I will say this, it's a habit. That's exactly what it is. Nothing else, nothing more. It is just a habit. It's something that I've practiced over time, over time, over time. Because yes, I used to feel guilty. I used to judge myself. Oh, I'm going to, uh, people are going to say certain things towards me when I leave. And then that's going to have a knock on effect. And that's the snowball. And then before you know it, you feel like the world's against you. But I mean, if you've got that confidence in yourself and you've got that level of self-awareness, then saying no and not feeling guilty becomes a lot easier. I love that. And, it, and it's empowering, right? The more we do it, like you say, it's a habit, the better we get at it. It's like anything. And people tend, it, not only with this, but in many self-improvement methods is giving up because maybe the first time they did it or the second time they did it, they felt uncomfortable. You have to really give it time and energy and, and, and belief that you're That's doing right. things for the right reason. Well, it's, it's um, something that I teach, um, within my coaching quite a lot is look so many people um will come to me with a fixed mindset hence the fact why they want to be coached right there's something there needs to be a shift somewhere and um i will put a piece of work or an exercise or a new tool or, or a strategy towards them and then the old fixed mindset comes in and says no i've been down that route before that's not going to happen i've done it um, a numerous amounts of times and it's just not worked for me. And then I ask them, how many times have you tried it? And it's normally three or four, or if, and, and if it's a good, some are good, it may be eight or 10. And I'm like, well, that's not really solid data, is it? You know, if you was to look at, and, and then I often say again, that, you know, growing up, did your mum and dad say, go on then, Roger, off you go, try and walk. And then your dad turn around to your mum and say, oh, do you know what? I just don't think Roger's going to walk. I've tried, we've tried it eight to 10 times. Let's give up. And it just doesn't work because what it really, really comes down to at the end of the day is one thing. Do you want it enough? That's what it comes down to. Are you emotionally attached to achieving it? Because if you're not, you're just going to give up. And as soon as you hit that level of resistance where change is normally taking place, you just give up. You just give up. And because at the end of the day, what you actually say to yourself when it gets tough is, is the sacrifice worth the reward? And most of us are setting the wrong goals. So normally that's no. So we give up. Yeah. So, yeah. And Tim, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to ask you about resistance because we talked off camera briefly about Brian Rose. Uh, I studied in his academy, the London mm -hmm. Real Academy. And that's one of the things he talks about is this resistance that we all experience and have. You know, he calls it the reptilian brain that is trying mm -hmm. to protect us. It's true, so, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you said that. And, it's, and it's, it's perseverance, right, of getting through that resistance. And at some point, you feel like you cross that goal line. It's, it's yeah, yeah. when you know, you're a great example of a child walking at some point they reach that balance. Yeah, where yeah. They, they're doing it. And it, and it's a feeling of, of just great fulfillment. That's right. So sorry, sorry, go on, go on, go on. Sorry. No, no, finish your thought. Cause then I want to ask you about, oh, no, I, I know I was just going to say, I mean, so, so many of um, 
so many of the people that I either spend time with, um, whether that's um, networking, whether that's clients, whether that's family, friends, people I just meet on the street, I talk to a lot of people. And um, I feel that so many of us now feel as if when we set out the plan or the strategy, that that is it, it's concrete, it's set in stone. And um, I'm a strong believer of the pivot because I've had to pivot a lot in my life. And the pivot is the closest that you'll ever come to failing without actually failing. It's knowing when to change something when it's not working. And a great way to do that is change your environment, um, change the habits that you've got. Look at, look at the, and I always say, look, the avalanche started with a snowflake, all right? So it's about stripping it right back and saying to yourself, you know, what is it that I could do that's just this small, tiny, tiny habit that I can take on every single day? And if it's to do with health or something like that, we're just talking about working out. If it's like I need to hydrate more, just say, do you know what, today I'm going to have one extra liter of water. And that's it. And you can just commit to it. And before you know it, you start to step it up and pick it up. And I think so many of us have been sold the perfect life, the perfect plan. And when that plan doesn't work, because we're all different, right? Plans need to be tailored. They need to be bespoke to the person and the business. And um, so many of us decide that this is the plan. This is how it should go. And if it doesn't go that way, we'd like, well, see ya. I'm out. I'm out. And then what happens after that? The person that sold them, deployed the plan, coached them through the plan are, are uh, no good. <laughs> right. Your plan's rubbish, you know, so. Yeah, no, I'm glad you talked about the pivot. It's, it's a, you know, it's a catchphrase today, but it, it, when, when you break it down like that, it, it really makes sense. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that. So mm. um, Tim, back in August, August 16th on your podcast, you discussed fulfilling one of your dreams, sailing around the South of France. And I just love that, that, that you were about to take that adventure. And I wanted to ask you, how did it go? I saw a few photos on, on Instagram, but what was that experience like? Because I know it was something really big and you planned for several years, you said, to actually do it. Well, I can sum that trip up probably in one word, and that's phenomenal. That's the hands down the best trip um, that me and my fiance, Amanda, has ever, ever had. And it's funny, you know, because um, I'm really into visualization. It's something that got me on the journey um, of being a coach and self-discovery and finding my mission, my why, and all the usual words that people use now, um, self-development words. But what I would say is I had a big vision board down. And um, my first coach said to me, let's him listen, if you want to create a vision, it starts with an idea. We think in pictures. And he said, go and get some coloring pens, go and get that board out. And I want you to draw everything on that board. And funny enough, and this is why it was such a magical moment for me, was because that was the last thing out of every single thing on the board that I ticked off. And I've achieved everything off of that board in three years. And, and I've got to be honest with you, Roger, these are not um, goals. These are dreams. Because there's plenty, of, there's plenty of time to engineer your life, right, with smart, achievable, attainable. But, you know, I feel like so many of us forget that, you know, we need to dream like kids. Yeah. You know, as, you know, think consciously 
let's forget about subconscious for just a moment. I know it makes up, you know, 97, 95% of our brains, but it was a dream come true to me. So that trip was just, and I remember being on the front of that yacht and um, I was just there. I had, I had a glass of wine and I was sitting on the front and it was sailing um, through the South of France and the sun was beaming down on me and the, um, just a huge sense of appreciation and gratitude, not just for the moment and what, um, what it brought to me, but the gratitude and appreciation that I had for my own self, the self love of, do you know what, Tim, you can do whatever you want. If you set your mind to it, you can do whatever you want. And I want your listeners to really tap into what I'm saying now, because I'm just a normal guy. Didn't have the best upbringing because of myself. It wasn't my mum and dad. It wasn't my mum and dad. They gave me great opportunities, but I messed up a lot. And um, I've turned my life around spectacularly, I would say. And that's quite a big um, shout, that word. But when I got on that boat, I knew I had, and that's the sort of two words that I want to use, spectacular and phenomenal because uh, the, the, let's just say the emotion that come over me then was just fantastic. And uh, yeah, if you haven't been on a boat, go and do it because it's a game changer and it's just fantastic. I love it. It was amazing. So thank you for asking actually and, and watching out. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And congratulations because that, that's something special. Like you said, it's not a goal. It was a dream mm. and it took you three years to fulfill it. Maybe it would take some people two years or 10 years, but you did it. And it's a great story, and I'm so glad you were able to tell that so, so people could find their own inspiration. And speaking of vision boards, I'm actually, I haven't even told my family yet, but this weekend, I'm going to take my two kids, uh, 12 and 16, and my wife, and we're going to the office where we have large whiteboards, and I'm going to ask them to each do their vision board. And, 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 and so it's great timing that you're talking about this because it's actually giving me a couple more ideas. But I'll check back in with you and let you know how that goes because I Please think it's for our kids to start now. We didn't have this knowledge, you know, not all, maybe some people did, but I didn't have it. You probably did not have it. And if we are able to help our young children start now with their dreams, with their visions, I've been doing this now with my kids for a couple of years and I can already see they're achieving things that are just incredible that they never thought they could achieve. And they're, they're small things, but, but they're big, you know, in the big picture. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad you talked about that vision board and your experience on the boat in, in the south of France. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. So your philosophy is you can never live a life of total fulfillment until you shift your focus to contributing beyond yourself. That's mm -hmm. a quote. And you, you've been talking about that a little bit, but if you could expand, that would be great, Tim. Yeah, I mean, that, that comes from um, dark places, um, that quote, actually. Um, it comes from me learning the hard way. Um, and I'm not here to promote my book, but <laughs> in my book, The Art of Unlearning, you will, uh, you'll be able to dive deep into exactly what I mean by that. And um, there, it, it's funny because giving out without no expectation of receiving anything back is what's probably had the biggest effect on the way that my life is now. Um, I come from a place where 
I was, or so I'm divorced. Um, I was um, married um, to a woman that I fell in love with deeply. Um, there was some, let's just say some mixed communications about that um, uh, in respect to I was from this background and she was from a different background. And um, it was tough for me to integrate. And it's funny, you know, we talk about judgment earlier, but, but um, I went through it for a long, long time. I went through uh, a, an area of my life or a part of my life rather where I just didn't feel that I was enough. Um, everything that I was doing was being scrutinized. It was being looked at as people over my shoulder a lot. Um, I worked for my father-in-law, um, with inside the, their family business and he knew what I earned. He knew what I was spending money on, uh, although that was great money and what I was doing with that job, but it's very controlling. Um, and in the end we started to clash a little bit with that, you know, and, um, one day out of the blue, I come home actually, and um, I found my wife in bed with somebody else. And in that moment, I laugh about it now because it's made me who I am. But in that moment, I grew up, I become a man um, because the old Tim probably wouldn't have walked out the door. He probably wouldn't be doing his podcast right now. He would probably be behind a set of bars, I would say. And um, so I went for a real messy divorce, really messy. I had absolutely everything that you can imagine you would look at a guy and think he's successful externally, right? Um, the tire Lopez life, let's say I had all the cars, the watches, the holidays, the house, the swimming pool, everything that you can imagine. And, um, I thought I'd made it because I come from a background that we didn't have all that growing up and it's what I wanted. Um, and then when the divorce was going through, all of that got removed every single part of my happiness at that time um, got taken from me. All of the shiny objects, the material things left me. And um, I went on a real bad, bad slippery slope. Um, I turned to cocaine. I was sniffed about 60 to 70,000 pounds worth of cocaine in nine months. I had prostitutes around my house every single night. And I was not just on self-destruction within myself, but I was ruining all of my relationships with my family, my friends. And, you know, there was one day I remember getting up and looking back at myself in the mirror. I drove into McDonald's. I was like, I'm going to get a McFlurry. I'd just been on it all night. And, um, I looked at myself in the mirror and it just, it wasn't me. It just wasn't me. And I looked back at that man and I said, that's it. I'm ready to go. I don't want to be here anymore. I'd planned it um, previously in my head um, and I decided I was going to, that was going to be my last day. Um, I was going to take my own life in that moment. And so I, um, I remember flooring it, put the car down. I had a Mercedes C63 AMG, big six liter, super fast come off the roundabout actually by my mum's, And um, it was a the weirdest moment. I can't, still can't explain it to this day, but it was a winter day. It was in March but um, it was not winter, but the sun was coming down and the sun just hit me. It glared at me as I come off the roundabout and um, it stopped me from going into the wall and I pulled my foot off the accelerator and something stopped me that day from doing it. It was like this fast forward that I had from the sun hitting to me taking my foot off the accelerator. And that was 
I can't go out like this. I can't. My mum and dad have just given me the best opportunities of my sister growing up. And I fast forward is, and this is where the visualize comes, visualization comes from Roger, because that's why I believe in it so much is because I visualize my parents and my family and my friends all at my funeral. And they all said the same thing. Well, it was his marriage that killed him in the end. He just couldn't get over it. And then there was like this awakening for me. It was like, I can't go out like this. No way. And then I decided from that moment, I'm fast forwarding a bit, but after I spoke to my mom and I was broken down and she knew how bad I was from that moment, I was going to leave a legacy that I was going to live and stand by going back and helping people in the position that I once was. And that's what I do today. And there was something I relapsed even after that moment. And there wasn't till this time that I decided to do an indoor rowing challenge for charity. And the reason this come about was because I was sitting um, on my sofa and I remember I was thinking, where am I going to get my next gram of Coke from? All the dealers phones were off and um, there was a television advert come on and it was, it was a, it was a black kid. I don't know where he was. It might be in South America, Africa. And he was going to get water for his um, family. And um, it showed him getting the water out of this river. It was disgusting. And then up the, other end it showed a kid urinating in it so he was and i was just like tim you're sitting here worrying about your next line these kids have got no opportunity they've got no water you've got an opportunity to change your life right now so i had 300 pound left in my bank account and i rung up and i gave it all to that charity on that day and soon as i did that something shifted something completely changed in my life I had this sense of euphoria, this sense of awakening, as I say, this sense of I'm alive again and I have a purpose. And I decided to do this rowing challenge. Um, We've got a charity in the UK called Great Ormond Street Hospital. It's for the children. And I decided that I was going to row 200,000 meters for charity. And I got some people involved and I had the feedback and the contribution i got from anyone everyone was just off the scale we raised thousands of pounds i didn't expect it i I put like uh uh, i expected limit of a thousand pound and we was like going into tens and i was like what is going on here and um i've got to be careful here because i get emotional when i tell this story when i when i speak but there was a moment on that rowing machine the last two thousand meters and everybody was cheering me on And I mean, roaring the place down. And what it was for me, that moment was, I was rowing out of my old life into my new life. And it was like I was home and I was pulling and the emotion over the last 500 meters was, I was gray rowing. I'm pretty strong rower, but I was, I was completely gray. And then I got off there and I collapsed down and I just remember crying so hard crying sobbing like a baby and that was the moment my life started on that day and that is why i'm so heavily into contribution and giving back and finding something that you value more than yourself that catchphrase that word that um quote whichever you want to call it is literally what happened to me find something that you value bigger than yourself 
and I did it in that moment. So that's why I stick to that quote. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, I, I had no, I, I didn't know about that story. Uh, I'm so honored that you shared that story because I feel there's a reason that we connect with people. There's a reason for some reason I was connected to you and I believe it was for this story because that story is so powerful. And I think so many people could relate and it doesn't have to be the, the exact same situation, but they're on the wrong path. And once they make that conscious decision and then you throw in the charity part, you don't know how many people I've been talking to, including wealthy people like doctors who say the best time to give to charity is when you don't have it because yeah, totally agree. Then it, it, it gives you that just unbelievable energy. And, and, and I'm, and I'm honored again that you shared that story uh, for several, several reasons. And, and, and I can't wait for people to hear it. You're welcome. Thank you. Wow. Powerful, powerful. And we, we are going to promote the, your book because we want people to. <laughs> about Thank you that. very much. Yeah. So um, you talk about something um, uh, as well, and that is uh, changing your environment, um, your surrounding and, and surrounding yourself with people. And I, and I could almost predict a little bit based on the story you told <laughs> why that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's, it's something now with, especially within my coaching practice, um, the people have the, the hardest time with, um, but you will get the biggest reward at the end of it. I'm a huge communicator. I'm a people's person. Amanda makes uh, fun of me because I just stop and talk to everybody in the street. When I'm in a room, I'm the guy talking to everybody. And, and um, it, it's funny because when people say, well, why have you, you know, you don't see your friends anymore. You don't really see that group of friends. And, you know, the, the, I would probably say that the book was inspired, especially the title, the art of unlearning. Um, I would probably say the key point of that comes from removing toxic people or people from your life that are not serving you no longer. And I think we're all put in to each other's lives at certain times and certain areas of each other's life to either take us to the next level or to make us understand that we've got more or we have got a next level. And then some people stay stagnant and some people really grow. And, um, I was around people or in environments that, um, didn't allow me to grow, but more than that was detriment to me actually moving forward and actually push me even further back. And, um, when I really needed support from people, really needed support it wasn't there and um and then i asked myself the question you know what have i done for these group of friends or these people you know is it me am I, am I not doing enough for these people in order to get this in return and i knew that was rubbish you know i've always contributed to my friends certainly and family and um and when that didn't happen i soon realized that i had to get out i had to cut everyone off and people say well how did you do it and <laughs> it was pretty easy actually i just didn't answer any calls i just when people rang me up in when i did answer calls i just told them how it was because i've been working on my self-awareness so hard and i was like listen we're not in alignment no more what you want is different to what i want and also with with respect 
I tested the friendship at a time where I really needed you and you didn't show up. And, um, you know, these people might have a second chance, but what I mean is like, I could have, I could have taken my life at that point off of the back of not really getting the, the, getting the support. And now I just put myself around absolute winners. I mean, I've been coached for years, but you know, if you see my circle or my network of friends that, and, and that they range, you know, from when it comes to coaching, when it comes to good chefs, when it comes to good personal trainers, when it comes to nutrition, absolutely everything, people that want more. And, um, I would strongly suggest if you don't feel like you're moving forward in your life right now, the quickest way to ascertain whether you're going to be moving forward within the next six months or not is to look who you're around. And, um, Jim Rowan, my old deceased mentor, he said it, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And what a line that is, is completely true. So changing your environment is actually so key to you growing and moving forward because your dreams are not somebody else's dreams. They might have been at one time, but if they're not no more, you need to put yourself around people that are going to help you achieve those dreams. So environment is key. Fantastic. Again, you're, you're just giving tremendous gold here. I appreciate it. Everything you're saying are, you know, these are things that I've been, uh, you know, uh, learning over the years and practicing more recently and, and talking about on our podcast. So I, I appreciate you putting it all together uh, so nicely. Uh, health, wellness, mind, body, spirit. How important is that in your life and in your coaching? I would probably say it's number one. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, it's, um, one thing I found out very, very early, um, when I was, um, when I first started coaching was, uh, the quickest way to change somebody is to change them physically first, because the energy levels, the level of vitality and vibrancy that somebody brings into the world is normally off of the back of all the dopamine that's being released. And, um, it's funny because <laughs> I've come from being the junkie to adrenaline junkie. And, um, it, it's funny because I use that, I use that lightly, the junkie word, but what, what I mean is, you know, so many of us are looking for that legal high and it's all within fitness. It's all within getting up, moving, sweating. It's all about testing yourself, pushing your body to the limits. And, um, I promote strong nutrition. I promote moving a lot. And it's funny because it's um, one of the things that I would say when it comes to health, fitness, wellness, whichever um, tag you want to put on it. And um, it's, look, if we were all hospitalized within the next week, there'll be one thing that we all wish for over and above anything else. And that's mobility. To be mobile, to be able to move freely through an area. And that's mobility. And then after that, it's flexibility. And then after that, it's stability, right? So it's about knowing what your body's going to need in 20 years' time rather than saying, actually, when I get there, I might think about that then. So wellness for me and um, stretch, I, I mean, I've got a real strict routine um, and it's a ritual. It's, <laughs> it's more than a routine. And um, it's something that I make sure I do every single day. And it's one of the first things that I give um, to my clients because at the end of the day doesn't how good that mindset is you know you need to make sure the body's fired up with it you need to get everything racing you need to raise that level 
of energy and you've got to ask yourself every single morning, how do I want to show up and what level of energy do I want to bring into this world? And if you want that level of energy, you need to work out, you need to move, you need to do some form of exercise. And Tim, help, help people that have that part missing. So say they're, they're doing well with their diet, they're doing well with their mind, they're you know, constantly learning and, and, and expanding but they just don't have the physical aspect. And I could put myself in that category. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's many other people that can too. Um, I'm active, but I'm not regimented as far as fitness uh, on that side of it. You know, I'll exercise, uh, you know, with walking or maybe do some jump rope, but I'm not lifting weights. I'm not, you know, getting that adrenaline, you know, high that my wife does, for example, you know, she mm -hmm. works out five days a week. She's in phenomenal shape. I love that about her and, and her will to keep doing that. How does someone like me or others make that adjustment in our mind? Well, I think for, first and foremost, we need to go back to the goal setting. We need to go back to is the sacrifice worth the reward? And um, does it mean enough? Do you want it enough? And, um, some of us don't want to be 10% body fat. Some of us quite happily sitting around 15%, whatever this is that, especially in the UK, it's the average. And that's all fine. As long as you're making sure that you're getting that heart rate up, you're burning the fat and you're making sure that your energy and that dopamine is being released. Because I think what you need to have a little look at is not just going in, lifting weights and training and going to the gym. You need to look at what are the effects of that after what other areas of your life can that affect? And especially when it comes to business, I am so meant more mentally switched on and creative after I have finished working out because you've got to remember what actually happens in a workout. You're tested and when there's a movement, let's say you can't do it, you, you need to um, regress it or you need to make it more advanced. So you need to think on your feet more. And also as well, you're, when you're pushing weights, let's just say, and you're at six reps and you've got to do 10, well, all of a sudden there's determination, hunger, desire, drive, willingness to go and do it. And then that creates achievement, accomplishment. And we all know accomplishment and achievement are the key ingredients to confidence. And then when you go back and you repeat and you repeat and you repeat, and that is why I do it. It's not for me to be able to go on the beach and get in shorts and say, yo, I've got a six pack, I've got this body. In fact, it's the total opposite to that. That's just a byproduct that comes with um, the discipline and the momentum and the consistency. But you need to, if you're not moving enough right now, if you're not training, you're not into the gym, just ask yourself, how would you like to raise the level of your creativity with inside your business? Because I guarantee you, fitness will do that for you. Not many people look at it that way around. They look at it like the, I love I'm going to get aesthetically out of it, you know? Okay, a couple more questions here. I, we could talk all day. And, and yeah. <laughs> I am a talker. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, I love it. Once I start, I'm like, I'm a coach, right? I'm used to, I'm used to talking on stage and stuff, you know, so. It's, it's great. <laughs> um, let's talk about something else that's important to you. And you say work isn't everything. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, 
it's funny, isn't it? Because um, so many of us um, seem to focus so hard on our career and the success within our career. We actually um, get it the wrong way around, in my opinion. And um, it's funny because I've got probably my top, well, it's not probably, my top three are number one is all about me. And I know that seems selfish right now, but let me explain. And then number two is my family, my relationships. And number three is my work and my career. And what I mean by that is, for example, and I've tested this many a times, and I'm sure you've had exactly the same experience and many people listening to this podcast has. If you, haven't, if you know you need to do some area or some sort of work on yourself and you skip that, and you go around and visit your mum or your parents, you're just not the same guy. You're not present. You're too busy thinking about what you've got to do after or what you should have done before. And you don't really give your full self to the moment. You're not that engaged. And you don't really get the best out of seeing your family or your friends. And that is why I always come first. Now, let me explain what I mean. Because as I said, it sounds a bit selfish. So... That means I come first on my time. So I make time in the morning, early, early, 5, 6 a.m., depending where I am in the world, to get up and work on myself. That obviously takes discipline, focus, clarity, routine, absolutely everything in order for me to stick to that. But there's no way that I can bring this same level of energy or this same Tim Cooper into the world if... I'm not doing the work intrinsically. And that is the key. And then off of the back of that, my work, my career, as soon as I work, look, and again, it's a quote from Jim Rowan, but he's, he's my old mentor. So look, work harder on yourself than you do on your career. Because I'm telling you right now, I've never had to um, worry about my career as long as I'm working seriously hard on myself. And I'm sure you're probably resonating with that right now and people listening to this podcast. So work is number three <laughs> for me. It doesn't mean, and this is something I don't want people to get mixed up with this, just because you spend a longer duration doing something does not mean it's more important to you. If you spend 12 hours working and an hour on personal development does not mean that the 12 hours is more important than the hour that you did in the morning. In fact, it's the other way around. And that's what I mean by going to work on yourself and making sure you come first. So everybody, all of your relationships, because I feel they're the cornerstone of the world, get the best of you. Uh, back in December, you wrote a post, uh, again, that resonated with me. You said, just stop for a moment and think how far oh, you, you have come. come. Mm -hmm. Wow. Hit home. Um, but it, please explain the importance of reflection mm -hmm. and cheering for your own accomplishments. Yeah. Well, this is something that comes up often, especially when I'm coaching CEOs and executives because they are so goal orientated or goal driven or, you know, get to the end of the sales process, go, 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 deadline, deadline, deadline. And actually what happens is, so many of us get fixated on the next task. We don't actually give the moment to what we've achieved in the first place. And one thing that gets implemented so often when I'm coaching these high achievers is that they don't celebrate their wins. 
They don't reward their self when they've actually got there. So it's as if they've got this constant goal setting with no reward. And um, sometimes we need to just take a moment, step back, look at our life, take it for what it is, appreciate what we've done in the space of time that we've done it, and just have that moment of reflection because what that does, it gains perspective. And it allows us to say, actually, do you know what? Wow, look how far I've come. I've literally just started back up my podcast. Um, and I was doing one before, before this podcast, actually, about just the craziness that's gone on this year and how far I've come. And it's funny because we're so um, built, let's say, as humans, we're, we're built in a way that we constantly want to look at what we haven't got rather than what we have got and what we've achieved. And I just think that's a massive part of having that gratitude, that appreciation, and actually celebrating uh, how far you've come. So if you're not doing that right now, just step back in the morning, 10 minutes, and just say, wow, look how much I've grown. And look, our pact is at some point you and I want to meet, and I'd love to sit down with you again to have uh, an even more in-depth conversation. Like, like I said, we could talk for hours. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've, I've made a friend today. Oh, you sure have. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. Uh, all your time. Uh, one last question before I let you go that I ask every guest and Tim, that is what do you want your legacy to be? You talked about legacy earlier. What do you want it to be? It's funny you should say that because I'm actually, <laughs> I've just been doing work on this because I'm doing a talk at the Legacy Club in in Belfast on Thursday. So <laughs> it's, um, I, I, look, my, for me, it's, I want to be remembered for going back and helping people in the position that I once was. That is it in a one liner for me. I want to be remembered for hitting that place of rock bottom and showing people the world how you can rise up out of that position. And it doesn't matter what rut you've got yourself in. doesn't matter how dark, how deep the hole is. There is a way back. doesn't matter how bleak the future is. There is a way back. And the reason I know that is because I've done that myself. Trust me. You can do it if you put your mind to it. So that is my legacy. Going back, helping people in the position that I once was. And obviously contributing as much to this world to make it a better place because that's where the true fulfillment is. Sam Cooper, you are a class act. I'm so happy we met. I thank you for your time. How can people reach you? Uh, how can they find your book? And I would love, I was, I was thinking as you're talking, I'd love to do a book giveaway where I will give away your book. So maybe we could work on that together. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. How do people reach you? Well, I don't know whether you can put a link in this podcast, but Absolutely. I've actually got a book offer at, actually at the moment. Um, it, the book is free. You just cover the shipping. Um, it's live as well on Amazon right now. It's called The Art of Unlearning. Um, it's five star, um, which I'm really, really happy about. The feedback's amazing. So please go and not just buy the book. I, I, the reason that I designed the book in the first place was because I wanted to put the tools, the strategies and the techniques in it. And it is it's not, um, it's, this is not just a book about my story. When you go to the back of the book, I don't know whether you can actually see this now. Um, I know guys are going to be looking, um, listening to this podcast rather than, but when you actually look, there's all different types of exercises. There's vision boards, there's life boards, 
it actually, it all goes on. There's a 30 day journal challenge at the back as well for everybody, because I, I wanted to make sure that everybody got what I got. What's, what's, what's got me to where I am today. I want to share absolutely as much value um, as possible. So yeah, you can go grab that on Amazon. Um, if you want to get in contact with me personally, um, whether that's through speaking, coaching, workshops, whatever that is, podcasts, uh, you can get me at the Tim Cooper Academy. Uh, and that is my Instagram page. But if you want to uh, go to my uh, web address, it is timcooperacademy.com. And uh, I will get back to you um, with whatever you would like from me from there. So, yeah. Fantastic, Tim. Thank you so much. Appreciate all the gold that you supplied today and uh, very, very appreciative. No, thank you for having me on. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. At American Real, we're on a mission to help as many people around the world fulfill their dreams and obtain their goals. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me at Podcast Your Passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting, where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.